Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Good afternoon, everybody, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day on this sunny and hot Wednesday in Regina, Saskatchewan. Now, my producer, Sean Kleisinger, is at our normal studio, The Cage, at the corner of 12th and Rose in downtown Regina. I ventured a little south, South Albert Western Pizza, where the uh, windows are glistening, man, because of my buddy Chris Anderson. He cleaned those windows. And did you know, Chris tells me, even though he's wearing a really ugly Winnipeg Blue Bombers hat, that he is a 2017 Special Olympic silver medalist. He won it in floor hockey uh, when they lost to South Africa 3 to nothing. But he showed me a picture, and it is indeed true. He's not lying. He is a Special Olympian, and he is here, and he is uh, ready for the draft party. And soon this place will be filled with uh, Pat fans and representatives getting set here at the Western Pizza South Albert for our draft day party here. We're a part of their draft day party as Connor Bedard will be picked first by the Chicago Blackhawks. First time a Regina Pat will go first in the NHL draft since Doug Wickenheiser back in 1980 with another original six team, the Montreal Canadiens then. And unfortunately for Doug, went to the real hotbed of hockey, uh, coming off all those great Stanley Cups and a lot on his plate. Never did materialize for him in Montreal. He actually... Um, had better success with the St. Louis Blues, to be honest with you. And, of course, uh, he is hockey royalty uh, from uh, from these parts. Now, we uh, we were loaned Connor Bedard for a few years, from 15, 16, and 17 years of age playing hockey here in Regina, and uh, very happy to have him. And, and, and I'll tell you what, it's got to be... I would say he's the greatest Regina Pat of all time. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Why don't you weigh in on our um, text line powered by our friends there at uh, the Capital Auto Group? Do you think Connor Bedard's the greatest Regina Pat of all time? It's tough to compare eras. For me, I loved Dale Durkach. He was my boy. I thought he was outstanding back in the day. A lot of memories for me as a child watching him. Um, came too early for hockey. Had he come uh, now, he'd probably be... You know, the way the NHL is now, a guy like Connor Bedard can be in the NHL. I think Dale Durkach could have been in the NHL too. And Dale also was drafted, I believe, to the Edmonton Oilers back in the day, which <laughs> in the day featured the likes of Gretzky and Curry and, and, uh, Messier and Anderson. So good luck cracking that organization. So yeah, for me, it was, uh, Dale Durkach till I watched this guy. And I love Eberly, don't get me wrong, Eberly. You want to talk about my favorite Pat guy, probably Eberly. I just love Jordan Eberly as a person, as a player in the community. But Connor Bedard is, in my opinion, the best Regina Pat that's ever played hockey here. And we'll get to see him on the stage right at the start of the draft, which gets going in Nashville just after uh, 5 o'clock our time. And we'll be joined before then by the play-by-play voice and communications uh, master of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria, live from the Bridgestone Arena. And just after Connor gets picked around 535, uh, Ken Schneider, the Pats assistant coach, will join us. He's at a coaching clinic in Nashville, and then he will be part of the entourage there representing the Regina Pats on what is a historic night here in Pat Nation for the regiment. All right, also uh, Borea Vallis. 
hoping to have his name called early. Maybe not today, possibly tomorrow on the second day of the NHL draft. Coming up at 3.15 or thereabouts, we're going to hear from Ben Wagner, who is the uh, radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll also talk to um, Farhan Lalji. He'll probably have some NHL insights into the draft and what's going on in the CFL. We will tell you um, Sam Amelis has been fined for his crackback block on John Moxie. Chris Edwards for his WWE-like shove on Mack, the receiver Austin Mack of the Montreal Alouettes. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays are taking on the um, San Francisco Giants today. They lost 3 nothing yesterday. The Giants have won 10 straight on the road. So we'll get into that with Ben Wagner in a couple of minutes' time. Also, also... Uh, we want to mention the Regina Red Sox. They split a pair of games yesterday with Medicine Hat. The uh, Red Sox won 4-2 and then would go on to lose 2-1. We're going to talk to Daniel Crabtree, who pitched the entire seven-inning game in that 4-2 victory over the um, Medicine Hat Mavericks. And the Red Sox are back in action tonight. Weather looks like it's going to be great again, so you can head up to Curry Field, 7:05 first pitch. The Brooks Bandits in town to take on your Regina Red Sox, but right now, oh, is it the Bombers? Sorry, I, I got the I I I, uh, I confused them. I think with the AHL hockey team, it's the Brooks Bombers. That's right. So yeah, sorry, the Brooks Bombers. I apologize. I'm not that <laughs> not that good with the nicknames of the WCBL. All I really need to know are the Moose Jaw Miller Express. Uh, to be honest, the Weyburn Beavers there in my listening area, and I really got to be locked in on the Regina Red Sox. After that, not really. I couldn't probably. The Okotoks Dogs, I'm right, Zinger, right? Okotoks Dogs? Yeah, Okotoks Dogs, yep. Med- Medicine, Medicine Hat Mavericks. Yep. The Brooks Bombers. Yep. Give me another, give me another city name. I'll see if I can get Fort it. Fort McMurray. Uh, Oil Barons? No, that was a hockey team. No. Nope. What is it? Giants. What is it? Fort McMurray Giants. Okay, what else we got? Lethbridge. Lethbridge Bulls? Yep. Uh, okay. I think you uh, got them all. Swift Current 57s. Yep. Um, man, yeah. Weyburn. Beavers. Yep. I know the Beavers. Uh, have they picked the name in Saskatoon yet? Not yet, there? but they, they closed the, the open uh, entry form on Sunday night, I believe. I, uh, I think our... I think our buddy Clayton Croker picked Sa- uh, Sasquatch or something, or was that Mark Johnston? Mm, I don't know, but my name's better. What's yours? <clears throat> the Saskatoon Robins. Why? You know that uh, Robin Hood sign that they have in Saskatoon? Yeah. Well, it's ah. I- it's an iconic sign, and uh, you can t- you, you, you can you can tie it in with uh, the name Robins. A lot of baseball names are named after birds. Well, why not I the Saskatoon it. Robins? I love it. Okay, so the ninth texter at nine three six sixty two sixty two. The ninth texter texting in, and you're you got to weigh in and tell me whether Connor Bedard is the greatest pad of all time. You don't have to say he is. You just have to tell me. And if you don't, if you don't. Think he is the best? Tell me who the best is. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. The ninth texter will uh, have to text in that 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 uh, answer to that question, and also tell me the score of the game when the Riders take on the Edmonton Elks on July the sixth. Uh, you'll win two tickets to that game, and if you're closest to picking the score, 
at uh, 936-6262 for the week. You get a $200 gift card from our friends at Sastel. At Sastel, pick the score, and then you'll be in the running for a big major prize. Next year, you and three people could be going to a rider game in a luxurious suite. 936-6262. Got to leave your name and your email address as well. So your name, your email address, we'll have your phone number from the text. Tell me what you think uh, is Bedard the best player ever to play or not for the Pats, and then give me the score, okay? A little bit of homework for you. 936-6262. One of three times we'll be doing this today. When we come back, Ben Wagner of the Toronto Blue Jays joins us here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's Around the Horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And just ahead of Ben Wagner, I just want to remind you, we're at the uh, NHL Draft Day Party, presented by the Regina Pats down here with our good friends uh, Spiro and the gang of Western Pizza South Albert on the sunny uh, late June day. South Albert, the uh, Pats expecting Connor Bedard to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Not just the Pats, <laughs> the entire hockey world, unless something uh, wild happens. Connor Bedard will be a member of the Chicago Blackhawks uh, just after 5 o'clock tonight, and we have a lot of prizes to give away down here. And, of course, the home to great pizza, Regina-style pizza, Western Pizza. Let us head out on the Western Pizza hotline, oddly enough, and talk with Ben Wagner, the uh, great voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Listen to some of your game yesterday uh, against the uh, Giants. You did a great job behind the mic there. Um, how about the Giants, man? Ten in a row on the road. Um I don't know. I don't know if I'd say they were an under the radar team in the West. You, you at the start of the year, the NL West, you'd say Padres and Dodgers, and then probably the Giants. But that's not the case. It's the you know, it's the uh, Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, the Giants. Then the Padres can't get out of their own way, and then the Rockies. Weird. It is weird. I think the West on both fronts in the American League, and certainly with the National League. It's been flipped upside down, right? And maybe overachieving a little bit. I was just in the dugout chatting with Gabe Kapler, manager of the San Francisco Giants, and he pointed to their turnaround really being the product of a better bullpen and how they were constructed and using a better bullpen, getting Ross Stripling back when he was healthy earlier in the year, uh, now having him back, calming the waters around some of the depth guys plus the matchup guys that they'll lean on and leverage, but also – a really young, exciting core group of players, the Schmitz, the Baileys, and the Matoses of the world. So a third of the lineup that they're rolling out there day in and day out. And, and that kind of sparked my interest to, to hear about that, in, that infusion of youth. It sounded like the 2019 Toronto Blue Jays when Bo and Cavan and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kind of all got their sea legs underneath them. And there were a couple of really nice pockets of success. And the San Francisco Giants, of course, have really – turn it around the last four or five weeks and they're mashing the ball they're getting pretty consistent pitching even with some big injuries in their rotation so it's certainly wild to watch the west always and um you know i think from a san francisco giants perspective when they wanted to be a little bit different in free agency get away from signing some of those long-term heavy contract for older players and brandon belt thought he was going to go back to san francisco 
up until the day that the best deal was from the Toronto Blue Jays in, in a smaller term in year commitment than what he ever would have thought that he would have gotten. Uh, that's kind of the change of the tune, and, and so far it's paying off as you get in towards here now the, the end of June for the Giants. Ben Wagner, you're around a lot of these great athletes in baseball. Otani yesterday, uh, 10 strikeouts, uh, threw 10 strikeouts and then hit two home runs. Uh, last player to do that uh, was almost 60 years ago or was 60 years ago. Um, where does he rank among the great ones for you in the game right now? Well, right now he's the top for me. Uh, I mean, nobody is performing at a more elite level and asked to do something that is totally different than any other specialized component of the game of baseball than what Shohei Otani is doing right now on the field. And think about how specialized the game has been over the last 10 or 15 years. Otani comes in and he just absolutely picks up the mold and throws it straight into the concrete, crushes it. Uh, you want him to hit on the same day that he pitches? Nobody would have been able to do that until Shohei Otani. You want him to hit home runs on the day that he pitches? Nobody can do that except Shohei Otani. Uh, and do it as well with this immaculate ability to look so poetic on the mound. You know, he's long and lean. He's an incredible athlete. The way that he feels his position, the way that he throws the baseball, and then a left-handed swing. Come on, I mean, as, as, these, these left-handed sluggers already look so poetic with the way that they're the natural swing, and especially when they drive the ball out of the ballpark with those long extensions, it just looks so good. Uh, that's why all this, both from an optic standpoint, both from a result standpoint, clearly makes Shohei Otani uh, a rare specimen. I mean, he is a wild unicorn running, running across the landscape of sport right now, and that is why he has not only been one of the biggest stars in the world when it comes to athletics, but now he is just only gaining more credibility to other sectors of the game, other far-reaching angles of the earth with what he's able to do. I mean, he is the biggest superstar, certainly, within the game of baseball. Ben Wagner used a great word there, optics. In your opinion, what are the optics for Alec Manoa, who got roughed up by some Yankee teenagers recently? The optics aren't good, right? You look at the line score and you you look at that, the innings that were not deep. The results, of course, were very loud in terms of hits, terms of runs, and you didn't see a gaudy strikeout total. And you're right, it's it's basically kids. You know, guys that were just drafted or guys that were just signed in free agency and eager, eager to go out there and see what they can do against a major league pitcher, somebody that was on the cusp of busting onto the scene at the all-star game and wearing a microphone just a year ago. Uh, You think that 18 and 20 year old kids don't salivate at this opportunity. You would be wrong if you don't say absolutely they would. Mm. And that's another, and that's another part. And I was in minor league baseball for 14 years and I saw a ton of these major league rehabbers come in and certainly the environment around it. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not making an excuse for Alec Manoa. But with the environment that's around, and he's on a backfield in the middle of Florida, it's about 120 degrees, uh, we don't know all the particulars on what Alec Manoa was asked to do in that start. We know the velocity is up. It sounded like he did throw more breaking balls than what I kind of expected him to throw in this rehab or this controlled environment setting where he is down in Florida. Uh, I'm certainly not reading too much into the actual results, but what we have heard is, he feels better mechanically. He's doing the things 
that the Blue Jays would like him to do in the time down. And again, this is not where he has to take the ball every fifth day. That's why on Friday he's going to throw a bullpen session. That would line up to be another start for Alec Manoa. So certainly none of this is regimented like he is working in the major leagues or even at the higher levels of the minor leagues. This is a very controlled environment around him. These are very specific dates where he's been asked to get on the mound. So until it's time to lock it in, until it's time to shift that gear, or, I mean, we have seen great athletes flip the switch when it's game time. You get into game mode and you watch it happen in front of you, you know when a guy steers away from the pleasantries of a, of a normal day or interactions with his teammates or with the media or even with the fan base. Uh, when it's go time, you know it. And it's certainly not go time for Alec Manoa. This is more of a, hey, let's get you out there. Let's make sure your body continues to perform at a high level where you don't lose too much in your pitch count. You don't lose a feel for throwing the baseball right now. Let's keep the thing moving forward, but not, a, not certainly at warp speed where you would expect him to be. So, Ben Wagner, uh, a 3-0 loss yesterday, but uh, Bo Bichette continues to wield that hot bat. He's unbelievable. That guy with what he does with the bat is just remarkable, whether it's the first pitch of it at bat, whether it's the tenth pitch of the at bat. And when he gets in the hole, he's fine. He's the, the most comfortable hitter I've ever seen in my life bat with two strikes. And he hunts mistakes. He hunts uh, pitches in a zone or, or something in, in his mind where he identifies a, might be a spot where he can have success. And I ask him, too, and last night is a great example. The Giants had four different pitchers on the mound that had four different type of looks, dynamic deliveries in spots where the, either the, the pitch actually is being released, three-quarter arm slot straight over the top, a lefty came in, and then a submariner. Four different unique delivery styles. And Bo was prepared for all of them. Bo looked comfortable against all of them. What, what he is able to do, hand and eye contact, plus then just the ability of his body to make and do things on the field for success is just remarkable. I, I think that he can win a batting title in terms of average, and we already know that he can win a hits title and is likely lining up a third consecutive season in doing so, which nobody in this great franchise's history has ever been able to to do and Bo Bichette is certainly uh, in the driver's seat to get that done if he can stay healthy the rest of the year. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. It's uh, looking pretty good for him, and it looked like a Vladdy got out of uh, his slump. But uh, I just want to wrap up with this home slump. That is, I want to wrap up with this. Nobody needs to tell me as a Padres follower about. Uh, <laughs> with men in scoring position not bringing them home. But that's really kind of been an Achilles heel for the Toronto Blue Jays all year, and it was yesterday again as well. It was, and it it was really disappointing because it's not just happening as they're trying to manufacture innings. It's happening early in innings, and that's, that's where John Schneider is turning gray in his whiskers one by one. It's the fact that it's first and third, nobody out, and you just can't even roll over to get a guy – a run or an RBI in a situation like that. And it's weighing on the Blue Jays. It really is. It's something that you kind of scoff off first three or four weeks. Pitcher still might be ahead of the offensive side of things. But once you get in, for me, it's about 40 games. Once guys get past 150 at-bats, you pretty much know where teams are going to perform, how the season's going to go uh, collectively, you know, the, the key components in there. And runners in scoring position, this is just not couple-of-week problem for the Blue Jays. This is certainly something that has cost them runs. It has ultimately cost them games, where if they would have been able to capitalize early or late, that doesn't matter, because we've seen it across the board. 
it's made an impact on the Blue Jays uh, from start to finish of the, every ball game that they played at this point in the season. Uh, this is this is going to spell whether or not the Blue Jays have success in the final 81 games of the regular season or they don't. Thanks for your time, Ben. I appreciate it. Have another great call today. Hopefully the Jays get back in the win column. We do appreciate your time. My pleasure. Chat with you guys next week. Yeah, take care. That's Ben Wagner, the outstanding radio and sometimes TV voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Game two of their series against the Giants coming up here in about an hour and a half or so as you'll be able to uh, uh, listen to his call on the radio or on their uh, app or you can uh, watch it on TV as well. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Farhan Lalji after our news, our sports ticker and Cougars in the Cage. This is the Sports Cage live from the South Albert Western Pizza as we're getting set for the draft day party down here um, at um, at the lounge area here. Can't wait. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's 3.33 with the sports ticker. Big night in the National Hockey League. Tonight is the night Connor Bedard will be selected first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, th- that should happen shortly after 5 o'clock. Uh, I say will be because, let's be honest here, he's going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. It's an exciting night. Michael Ball is live at Western Pizza on South Elbert right now. So make your way on down to South Elbert, Western Pizza. Hey, hi. Uh, say hi to the gang. Uh, say hi to Ballsy. Say hi to Spiro. Enter your name in to win some jerseys, some tickets, a lot of pre- Prizes up for grabs there as well, I hear. So uh, go and take an, a good time. The Toronto Blue Jays will try to get back in the win column tonight. They lost yesterday 3 to nothing to San Francisco. Game 2 of that three-game set goes tonight, 5.07 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Time now for Cougars in the Cage. A weekly look at the sporting scene of the University of Regina. The University of Regina women's volleyball team announced the commitment of center Haley Schutz from Carlisle. Schutz, a four-year member of the Gordon F. Kells High School senior girls team, played club volleyball with the Carlisle-based Redcoat Rebels before joining the Cougar Volleyball Club 17U squad this past season. At the provincial level, Schutz played for Team Saskatchewan's Selects Green squad in 2022, and that team, which included fellow incoming recruit Reese Evian on the roster and former Cougar player Tori Glynn on the coaching staff competed at the Canada Cup near Calgary last July. Schutz will enroll in the U of R's Faculty of Education in the fall. That's your Cougars in the Cage, brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage here at the corner. Well, no, we're at the corner of 12th and Rose. That's where we are uh, originally uh, set up. Sean Kleisinger's back there lining up our next guest for the Western Pizza Hotline. But I am at Western Pizza on South Albert in the uh, lounge area getting set for the party the Pats have planned, the Connor Bedard draft day party. That's right, because Connor Bedard's going to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. 
probably around 5.10 our time when uh, the Blackhawks and their GM Kyle Davidson and their ownership group take to the stage. And uh, welcome, welcome Connor Bedard onto the stage in Nashville, Tennessee. You're welcome to come on down here. And as Zinger said in the sports ticker, you have a chance to win Connor Bedard jersey tickets, whole bunch of great prizes down here, and uh, get some of the best pizza you'll ever have. Like, uh, you know, I know the Bombers had tweeted out, uh, pretty unprofessionally, in my opinion, that Regina-style uh, pizza is terrible, but uh, we know <laughs> their opinion is kind of like their performance in the last game when they got smoked by the BC Lions 30-6. to And I don't think that was a blip on the radar. I think the Bombers got old overnight, and the BC Lions showed a lot of teams how you beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. you got to be fast off the edge. So if you have those kind of players... Um, uh, I don't know if those old tackles can hold up. Let's see. Anyway, let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. Farhan Lalji from TSN covers the CFL, obviously. Covers um, the NFL. He also covers the NHL. So let's start there, Farhan. Uh, what do you think the Canucks... I don't even know. Where do the Canucks pick in this draft, to be honest with you? Canucks pick 11th. And, you know, there's some, there's some defensemen kind of in that area that some might have a little bit below... Uh, 11, right? Um, you know, guys mm-hmm. like uh, Willander and uh, Simashev and, you know, those types of players. And, you know, some have those guys rated as low as 20, but others have them a little bit higher. And you wonder where Vancouver's going to fit in terms of, you know, organizational need versus best player available, right? I mean, the organization is kind of deemed to have a bit of a glut of wingers, but they absolutely need help down the middle and they absolutely need help on the back end. And that's not just with the big club, but that's also. Um, that's also in other spots, uh, you know, throughout the organization and in, in uh, Abbotsford and the like. So my guess is that they're going to go in one of those positions, even though the, the depth of this draft is certainly on the wings. You know, you've got, uh, you've got one defenseman that by and large has been ranked in the top 10. He probably gets elevated to the, the resource and, and everyone else is kind of outside the top 10. So, you know, we'll see what it looks like, but if I'm them just given the need and there are many like, it's not like they just need one or two centers or one or two defensemen. They need a lot. And I think because of that, I do think they need to kind of waver off the best player available if it just happens to be another left winger. Well, in case you're wondering, folks out there, trades, uh, Riley Smith uh, goes to Pittsburgh. Vegas gets a third-round 2024 pick. Uh, Colorado, Ross Colton, second-round pick in 2023 going to Tampa. Tyler Toffoli goes from the Flames to New Jersey. Igor Sharangovich and a third-round pick in the 2023 draft. Mackenzie Black with the goalie going to San Jose, going back to New Jersey 2023 pick. And then we told you yesterday about the whole Dubois-Pierre Luke Dubois trade to L.A. and what Winnipeg got. Any of those trades uh, surprise you? Well, uh, actually, let's just focus on the Winnipeg one. I think L.A. overpaid. How about you? Yeah, I kind of think they did too, right? And and I think that from Dubois' standpoint, um, I know there was a lot of talk about him wanting to go to Montreal. I think when you look at that L.A. team, like, they're close. That's a legitimate team, and I think he can really upgrade them. But it just shows you they feel that they're in in a now phase, and for them to give up what they did, uh, did surprise me definitely. You know, and the other one I thought I was a little underwhelmed by the Toffoli trade, right? I mean, you know, you get kind mm-hmm. of a mid-level player that they, I think they believe maybe they can get more out of him in a second-line um, spot, which is what their needs are going to turn into if they wind up fire-sailing a few guys here. Uh, and I'm not sure that he's necessarily that guy. I, I do think he's a bottom-six player, so to give up that 
or to get that and, and a third round pick. I, I was a little underwhelmed given just how well Toffoli played for this team and, and just how good he's been, right? I mean, he's a player that the Canucks organization still laments losing coming out of COVID. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he did good things in Montreal. He's done good things here. And uh, it's unfortunate they weren't able to get it done in Calgary. And it certainly looks like that uh, deal is headed towards a rebuild and they're just trying to recoup as many assets as they can. Mm, Ivan Barbashev, five-year, $25 million contract with the Golden Knights. So what do you think, the Canuck, besides the draft, what are the Canucks going to do here maybe at the draft table in terms of trades or, or, or in free agency July 1st? Yeah, you know, it, it's been interesting to see that um, it, it kind of got quiet around them because when we talked to Patrick Alvin earlier, you know, even as late as last week, you got the sense that they were busy taking and making calls and that they might be active and they hadn't ruled out, you know, any kind of movement. But uh, yesterday when he spoke to the media uh, from Vancouver in Nashville, he did say, look, we, we totally expect to be picking at 11th now. And, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, but uh, the fact that they've cleared some cap space, you, you, you hope that there's still some moves to be had. You know, those needs I talked about are glaring. And interesting that the names we're hearing are older players, right? Like guys like Ian Cole and, and even Luke Shen, who many people had tied back to the Canucks when they traded him the first time to the lease of this year's trade deadline. But, you know, I, I want to see if they can if they can fill those spots because they need a veteran on the third line. They need some defensemen with mileage right now because, like, they, they really have a need across their second pair with Ethan Bear out, right? Like, you've got Hughes and Roenick, and then, you know, you've got Myers there who could be, you know, on your second pair if you had to, but you're not really good if he's outside of your bottom pair. So they, they really need to make some moves in that regard, and, you know, if they can't get it done trade-wise, I just get a little nervous that they're going to wind up overpaying on July 1st, but I do expect them to be active. You know, they, I think if they can move one more body, I think, you know, in the form of a guy like Connor Garland, I think they'll be really active, but they've got some significant needs. Again, third line center and two defensemen, one on each side, ideally top four defensemen, and those don't come cheap. I asked Bob Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network what he thinks about Connor Bedard and what he thinks he could be. And he, he figures he's kind of like a Marcel Dion type, and he wouldn't be surprised if he scores 35 goals in his first season. Connor Bedard, unless something wild happens, will be going to the Blackhawks. I know this week they made a deal for, they'll have Taylor Hall for sure, and whether they keep Felino or not, I don't know. He's an unrestricted free agent. But just your thoughts on Connor Bedard and what do you think is going to happen with Bedard in his first year? What's a realistic expectation i think he's going to score goals and i just think when you look at him i think is you know people have debated as to how his game actually translates to the nhl right i mean like there were there was never a debate uh, on um you know on a guy like Connor mcdavid right just because he had that explosive speed but i think that you know a guy like bedard is strong on the puck he's strong in traffic um you know his skating is good enough i i absolutely think he's he's obviously the home He's obviously the no-brainer pick with the number one spot, but 35 goals in his first season is not unrealistic. And I'm curious to see what they surround him with, you know, along with a guy like Taylor Hall. But I just think the way he scores goals is going to translate. And and I like I, I can't imagine he held, gets held under 30 goals as a rookie. Okay, Farhan, before we let you go, let's talk some CFL. I want one. We'll start with the good. Give me one good surprise through the first three weeks headed into week four for you. Can you pick one good surprise for me? Well, for, you know, there's two that are out there, but because I'm on a Saskatchewan show, I'll pick the Saskatchewan one because I think Montreal is a positive surprise as well. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like, look, I, I think I, I had concerns 
about that roster. I didn't think they had upgraded enough in some meaningful areas, right? I didn't think they had upgraded their O-line enough. I didn't think they had upgraded their receiving core, uh, you know, enough or at all. Like, I had some real concerns, and um, I love what Trevor Harris is doing. I love what Kelly Jeffrey is doing in terms of how he's calling it, the, the game, and he's getting the run game a little bit more involved as we kind of go here. Uh, you know, Jamal Morrow is, is what we thought he was, right? And they, I think they need to commit even more to him. But, you know, I was a little worried about who Harris was going to throw to, you know, because, look, they, like, they picked up Darrell Walker really off the scrap heap, right, like a month into it, and then he's hurt again now. And so when you look at that and you look at Jake Winicky, like I, I had talked to people there, and I don't even know that they were convinced that they had a number one receiver in the absence of Key and Schaefer Baker. So for, you know, Sam Emelis one week to be the guy and for Tr- Harris to figure out what he's being given in any given week and be able to take advantage of it, I think it's been has been really good, and and you know I like it. I think there's good people in that organization, uh, and obviously the fan base is the best in the league. So I, I love seeing Saskatchewan do what they're doing. All right, Farhan, and uh, I agree with you. Montreal is a nice story too, although they're going to get a big test here coming up against Winnipeg. What's one uh, one big surprise on the negative side for you, Farhan? Well. You know, I, I probably think I, I, maybe I was naive. I thought Ottawa would be better out of the gate. You know, I, <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli got back into the lineup, and, and he was awful, right? I mean, he's probably going to be third string this week. Um, and, um, you know, and then Saskatchewan, not Saskatchewan, Calgary, uh, receiving-wise, and for them to have struggled the way they had. But mostly, you know, I'm probably going to say Ottawa, right? And it's so difficult for those teams that have now had a bunch of losing, Right. Those unbeaten, sorry, those winless teams right now, all of them are fighting, losing culture, seeping back into their locker room and having drama and anger and guys pointing fingers. They're all fighting that. I think Edmonton is losing that fight. Um, but, you know, just for, for Ottawa to have to be going through that right now with a class guy like, like Bob Dice and, you know, just some of the improvements they've made, I'm surprised. I thought they would be a little bit better out of the gate, especially with other teams that, had question marks around them in the East. Farham, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the draft tonight and the rest of the week of sports. Take care, my friend. Thanks, Balzi. Take care. Appreciate it. Farhan Lalji from TSN joining us. Yeah, and a um, couple of things. Uh, Farhan's colleague Dave Naylor points out, and it's true, and I was thinking about this, Sean. The Edmonton Elks have a 19-game home losing skid right now, right? Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> That's the longest. I think the second longest in CFL history is Ottawa's sitting at 13 right now. Well, it's not even close. And we've got, we've got Tyree Adams against, well, it looks like Jared Dagey, unless Cornelius got the first team reps today. But, I mean, I if I had to put money on it, I'm going to give Edmonton the win. I think Edmonton's got the better roster, but that, that is going Ooh. to be, that could be, it could be a battle of two bad teams that it's uh, so unpredictable it's going to be exciting, or it could be so bad. I'm going with Ottawa just because Ottawa's at home. That's the only reason. I think they're going to, I think the crowd is going to force them to a win. Let's go. I hope they I hope they win because that 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 fan base deserves they do a victory for sure. Okay, pick the score. Here's how it works. You pick the score. Yeah, we were looking for the ninth texter. You picks the score, and uh, you automatically win tickets to the game retro game on July sixth versus Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks. And then uh, if you're closest to picking the score for the week, you'll be in it for a two hundred dollar gift card from SaskTel plus. 
if you win that $200 weekly prize, the gift card, you'll have a chance to be in the draw at the end of the year for a sweet experience next year. Not sweet, S-W-E-E-T, but a S-W-E-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, a sweet, sweet experience if you and three of your friends or family going to watch a Ryder game in luxury. And our first pick to score winner today is Cassandra Sunderland. She says Bedard is the best Pat Ballsy, and the Riders will beat the Elks 36-30. to I hope it's not that close, but we'll take a win anyway. We can get it. Congratulations, Cassandra. You have won two tickets to that game and a chance to get in on much more, as I outlined. Okay, this guy went... Um, seven full innings and he struck out I believe two and he gave up two runs and maybe five hits off the top man I don't have the numbers in front of me but the Daniel Crabtree the Regina Red Sox pitcher yesterday was victorious on the mound first half of the doubleheaders the Red Sox went one and one against the Medicine Hat Mavericks he'll join us next on the sports cage 936-6262 the number to text if you want to get in Capital Auto Group. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. We're coming to you from the South Albert Western Pizza for the Regina Pats Draft Day Party. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Hey, welcome back to the Sports Cage live from Western Pizza, South Albert. And it's time to switch gears here. We've talked a little CFL. We've talked NHL. Of course, it's the draft day here. And that's why we're down here at the Western Pizza because the Pats are holding a a draft day party because Connor Bedard's going to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. You can keep the text coming at 936-6262. But this guy went on the mound and uh, tore up the Medicine Hat Mavericks yesterday. 4-2 Daniel Crabtree, the pitcher for your Red Sox, joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Daniel, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, man. So, first off, before we get to the game, Daniel, how did you come to Regina? Like, where did you come from? Where are you from? Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, So, I was born in California, moved to Georgia when I was young, grew up there the majority of my life, and then just recently moved to Texas. And I currently go to college in Georgia for Point University. That's who I play baseball for now, and my coach, got me the opportunity to come up here and play for the Regina Red Sox. And what do you think so far? we got that old stadium, but it's our stadium, and on a summer night, it's a great place to play and watch baseball. Oh, I love it. I love the fans, the energy, the kids coming on after the game to get signatures. It's nothing better than it. Who was your baseball hero growing up, Daniel Crabtree? Like you know, these I'm sure these little guys look up to you. Was there a, was there a guy maybe like that that you looked up to, or a, a major leaguer that you looked up to? Uh, I grew up loving Crabtree. Yeah, just loved watching him play. I thought it was so cool that he could hit from both sides. Just always always took in what he did and put it into my game, and then converted it to the pitching side of things. Okay, so let's let, just retake that because right at the start your phone broke up. Who was it? Chipper Jones, a big Braves fan. Oh, yeah, fan. Chipper. I, I loved yeah, watching him. Yeah. How about the Braves, man? They've got all those injuries, and they're rolling. Like, they're on pace to win, like, 121 games or something crazy like that, or 107, sorry, 107 games. It's something ridiculous. Like they are, they're on fire. You still watch some Braves baseball? Yes, sir, of course. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a Padres fan, so I can't be as excited. Hey, uh, let's talk about oh. that seven innings, man. Uh, let's talk about that seven innings yesterday. You went the whole distance. Just talk about the game. Yeah, the first inning didn't go quite as planned. They hit more than I thought, but I got through it with two runs batted across, and the team was managed managed to get one across after, and then I started rolling, and just happened to roll all the way to the seventh and give my team a chance to win the game. How much of pitching is mental? Like you give up those hits and you give up a couple of runs. How how, how oh, much of it is mental to keep it on the rails? A, a lot more than you think. I would say 60-40 of it. 40 of it's physical and then 60 of it's mental. How did you learn to do that? What did you do to, uh, you know, you're still a young guy, but how have you uh, crafted that part of your game, Daniel? I just, to be honest, I just, I just zone out and just think, just think about the game that I'm here to have fun. That is nothing better to do than to be out here on the field throwing this white ball across a white plate. It's got to be crazy for you, hey, guy, California, Georgia, uh, Texas, and and now you're in the middle of Canada, like right in the middle of Canada. <laughs> Do you have to pinch yourself sometimes? Like, what a journey this baseball life is. Yeah, it doesn't seem real sometimes. I was next thing you know, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and then next moment, I'm in Regina, Canada, playing baseball, which is kind of crazy. Can you say Saskatchewan? Say it for me. Saskatchewan. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Do you, yeah, that's good. Do you have family that follows? Do they watch the games online? Or are they like, where the no. heck are you going? No, they love it, yes. They watch, they watch every game. Even every you can watch, they're watching it. Mm. So you guys had a tough Alberta swing. You came back here, you split your games. How are you feeling about the ball club right now? It's a busy week. you got a game every day, like to Friday, you know, today, tomorrow, Friday, at the doubleheader yesterday. Yes, I feel really good about the ball squad. We're very streaky as of the moment. We just need to pick it up, become a team, and play as one instead of playing all in different directions. And then we should be able to give it a good run. Yeah, what's your best attribute as a pitcher? Probably just getting the ball over the plate, throwing a lot of strikes, and not letting anything affect me. Hmm. No, well, I think we saw that yesterday with that with that brilliant effort going uh, seven innings. Did you did you have that mentality? I'm going to have to really chew up some innings here because we do have a busy week. Uh, I, yes, I had that exact mentality. I had to, I had to go at least five, and if I could go seven, it's even better for the team. Well, it was and a four-two victory. Of course, you split the games, but you've got uh, the game against uh, uh, Brooks coming up here tonight. So get out and watch uh, Daniel Crabtree's. Uh, he won't be pitching, but uh, you can watch his uh, teammates in a big matchup here against Brooks. Thanks for your time, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll have him on again and uh, hopefully talking about more success. Okay, so ding, ding, ding. This is our second round of Pick the Score. 936-6262. That's the number to text, okay? Zinger will pick a random texter. You have to give us the score, who you think's going to win, the exact score you think it's going to be, and give us all your details, name and your email, phone number. And then what will happen is we will... uh Pick your name. You get two tickets to the game. And if you're closest to picking the score for the week, 
You get a $200 gift card to Sastel and in the running for uh, an experience, a luxurious suite experience next year at a Riders game. Okay, 936-6262 is our number to text. Uh, the text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. When we come back after 4 o'clock, it's the Rider Player Profile. A.J. Allen will join us on his bye week. We'll also hear from Ken Schneider, Pat's assistant coach, live from Nashville, getting ready for the draft as it's Connor Bedard Day. He's going to be drafted first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. We're coming to you live from the South Albert Western Pete and our buddy Spiro here for the Pats Draft Day Party on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. All right, uh, welcome back to the Sports Cage, live from the Western Pizza on South Albert. Michael Ball here. See our morning show co-host, Glory Evans, here in her Blackhawks uniform. I don't know if she just bought that. No, it's a Sutter uniform, but she's wearing it, representing the Blackhawks. And Andrew Dawson from our newsroom, our news director and news reader, uh, is uh, best news reader in the province, actually. He is here, and uh, we're getting set for our draft day party here. Uh, well, we're tagging along with the Regina Pats. You can come down here and uh, enter to win a jersey and tickets and other great things down here. The Western Pizza folks have been uh, proud supporters of the Pats and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for over two decades plus. So thanks to Spiro and the gang for doing that. They have us down here and treating us right. So you can come on down here as well. The draft gets started, actually, in about... Uh, about this time in an hour, Connor Bedard will be probably announced as the newest member of the Chicago Blackhawks. We're trying to get a hold of A.J. Allen from your Saskatchewan Rough Riders and our profiles feature Zinger. I told him to tech, or call us at that number you know, 936-6262, because obviously um, we can't get a hold of him. Uh, I bet you his phone died. What do you think, Zinger? I think his phone probably died. Yeah, I think something I think. like that. I'm working on it currently, though, my friend. Hopefully we can get uh, Mr. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Zinger, did we get a text for the pick the score? Yeah, we did. We got uh, did we got uh, Wayne. Wayne in Regina. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Wayne is predicting a 32-17 to Riders win uh, versus the Edmonton Elks. So Wayne is going home with not... Uh, with two tickets, not for this coming game on Thursday, next Thursday, but oh, okay. the, the July fifteenth. It's for the other one. Yeah, the July fifteenth. That's game. what it is. Yep. Okay, sorry, July fifteenth game. That'll be against no the problem. return match against the Calgary yep. Stampeders. So my apologies, and. And if Wayne is closest this week to picking the score 32-17, Wayne will go, uh, be in the running for the big thing at the end because we would uh, give him the $200 gift card to Sastel, and that's how that works. And the big thing at the end is a uh, sweet experience at 2024 with him and three other people of his choosing to go watch a Rough Rider game in 2024. So here's what we're going to do. I'll clean that up. That was clear as mud. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Right now, we're going to take a caller. So somebody call right now, 
And if you want to go to that July 15th game, Riders versus the Calgary Stampeders, we just finished them off in overtime, double overtime, as a matter of fact. You call right now. Zinger will put you on the air with me. You can't have won for the last, I think, what's the rule, Zinger? Is it 60 days? Uh, Is it 30 days? I say 90 days. I I say 90 days just to be safe. Yeah, Yeah, I say that. That's what I say, too, and it's our show. 90 days. You can't have won for 90 days, okay? You can't be one of those guys or girls that just wants to win all the time. We have to let other people win so we haven't we're like santa we have a list and we check it twice or three times it's so true. here's what you do nine three six sixty two sixty two or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty you tell me you got to give us your name and give us all your information give us the score you'll win two tickets automatically to the july 15th game versus the calgary stampeders here at mosaic stadium and if you're the closest to picking that score like Wayne did, thirty-two seventeen. You pick your own score. If you're closest that week, you get a two hundred dollar gift card from Saskatel, and then your name is thrown in the draw drum. At the end of the year, we will pick somebody for a sweet experience next year at a rider game. You and three others of your choosing. So nine three six sixty two sixty two, or you can always uh, call one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. Anybody on the phone? Oh no, yeah, we got people. You want to talk? Uh, want to talk to someone? Yeah, we got pick- someone right now. Well. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll babble here to you. Make sure they have a one in ninety days, okay? Good idea. Because I don't want to embarrass them Good or idea. embarrass me. <laughs> we'll tell you that the Regina Pats. All right, so you go I'll do that part later. of your job, all right. All right. and I'll yeah, talk to me in a few minutes. The Regina Pats. Uh, our uh, front and center uh, in Nashville, here in Regina, South Albert, Western Pizza. Connor Bedard will be picked first overall. First time a Regina Pat's been picked first overall since 1980. Um, I wanted to get to this, the CFL ratings. Now, we make a lot about ratings. Uh, it's funny. I never heard, I never saw anybody say anything about how the NHL was rated in um, Canada after the Canadian teams, the last two Leafs and Oilers were knocked out. But everybody likes to beat on the CFL for their ratings. But I would suggest not too many people were watching the NHL uh, when the likes of Vegas and Florida were playing. But... Um, Here's the ratings according to Three Down Nation for CFL football. Last Thursday, and Thursdays have not been very good. This is a high rating, but they haven't been very good. BC at Winnipeg, 497,700 people watched. Friday's game, Montreal at Hamilton. 306,000 on TSN, 210,000 RDS for a total of 516,000. Now that actually uh, lined up pretty good versus the Blue Jays. Blue Jays were taking on the lowly athletics and 895,000 watched the Blue Jays broadcast. So when you take those two numbers, they're pretty comparable. I, I, I think the CFL held up pretty well with, um, with Major League, uh, baseball. Then Saturday, of course, you know, when the Riders play, uh, Oh, we're the best fan base. Oh, no, the Bombers have the best fan base. Wrong. The Riders are the best fan base. 636,700 people watched the Riders at Calgary. And not just the ratings, the Rough Riders also brought the people to the turnstiles. What did Calgary have? They had their worst crowd in 25 years, 17,942 for the home opener against BC, and they had just a sliver under 25,000 because of the tractor factor. 40% of the crowd was green watching the Rough Riders play, so not only did we help the TV ratings, Rider Nation also helped at the turnstiles too, uh, probably why they're playing the second straight uh, Atlantic uh, touchdown Atlantic game. And uh, Speaking of that, they'll be playing Toronto there in Halifax 
Or by the way, they're selling an extra 1,000 tickets for that game. Toronto at Edmonton, 423,000 watch that Sunday night game. So that's actually not too bad Sunday afternoon on a, really the first weekend of the summer for, uh, for everybody. So there you go. And uh, so the total average, 465,900. But if you conclude the French network, it's 518,400. So not too bad. Um, of course, there's a couple, you know, Edmonton, nobody goes to the games. I think they had 20,000, which, how many of those were free? Who knew you'd buy an Edmonton Elks ticket to the first game of the season against the Riders for 45 bucks, and you bought CFL season tickets for 45 bucks? Because do you see Edmonton winning another game? Like, already you've got a, already you got a free game. Now you're into your second free game. I don't even know who Edmonton plays next, but if it's like a BC or a Winnipeg, you've got yourself another free game. They're not going to beat that, those teams. Okay, we do have somebody on the, on the line. Who is this on the line, Zinger? Help me out. It's Noah Daly? Noah Daly. Hi, Noah. How are you? Good. Good, man. So, Noah, pick the score here on 620 CKRM. Who do you got, and what's the score going to be on uh, the 6th of July when Edmonton comes to town? I think we got it at 31-14 for the Rough Riders. 31-14 for the Rough Riders. Give me your overall thoughts on what you think of the Rough Riders so far. Oh, man, I think they're doing great. Like I liked it better than last year, so I'm happy. Boys are getting rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's not much of a bar to jump over. Uh, okay, Noah, so congratulations. You've got two tickets to that game, July the 15th. Yeah, July the 15th. And uh, you also are in the running with a $200 gift card now uh, to Sastel if you uh, get the right, uh, you know, closest to the right score, 31-14. Now, uh, Noah Daly, uh, skill testing question. All right. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Rough Rider? Uh, I'd probably say number ninety-six. Number ninety-six, Nick Daly. Hmm. Yes, sir. Same, same, same last name spelling. Noah Daly. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So it's your bro. It's your bro. So, so like, uh, give <laughs> us the inside scoop. You be our. Yeah, you be our junior. Uh, you be our junior CKRM reporter here. Uh, how how bad's Daly hurt, and how long is he out for? Uh, he's, 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 I don't know. Like, he's doing well. He's not that hurt anymore. He'll be, he'll be back sooner than ever. That's for sure. Oh, way to play the cards close to your vest. You're probably sitting next to your brother. Hey, you don't want to, oh, you don't no. want to spill the beans and have him, have him beat <laughs> no, you he... up. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you listening to the show, man. Uh, uh, your brother's, uh, off to a pretty good start. Hopefully he can get back healthy. Hopefully a lot of guys can get back healthy here and help the riders continue to uh, stay in the wind column. You take care. Okay, my friend. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's Noah Daly. And no, uh, yes, Ryder, Ryder relatives can win. We just opened the phone lines and he got through. We can't help that he was the first to get through, uh, you know, past the thousands and thousands that burn up our phone lines. When we come back here, we got our clutch performance for Nick Service and we'll catch up with Ken Schneider, assistant coach of the Pats, who is in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena getting set live on the scene. Speaking of reporters, he will give us the vibe and the scene set before his uh, player, Connor Bedard, gets drafted first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Seven That is high. That is deep. That is gone. That is number 27 for Shohei Otani. On 
fouls. Actually, did he miss that? He did. That's strike three in the tenth strikeout for Otani. Comes on a wild pitch. Here's a go. Otani hits one in the air. Left center field. Hit well. Robert is back. So is Benintendi. It's gone! Shohei Otani with his second of the night. And the Angels have the lead. It's 3-1. to one. Angels pitcher and slugger Shohei Otani became the first AL pitcher in nearly 60 years to hit two homers and strike out 10 batters in the same game, leading the Angels past the White Sox 4-2 in his latest studly performance. Otani leads the majors with 28 homers now. The guy's incredible. The last AL player before Otani to hit at least two homers and strike out at least 10 in a game was Cleveland's Pedro Ramos on July 31st, 1963. That came in a nightcap of a doubleheader against, oddly enough, the Angels. Our clutch performer, Shohei Otani, brought to you by our friends at Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call, 781-1077. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, and let's get right to it. Now, we are here at the Western Pizza South Albert getting ready for our draft day party with Pat fans and supporters. You can come on down here, have a chance to win a Bedard jersey and other great prizes like tickets and such. Pat's open up their home portion of their schedule against the Saskatoon Blades, so that's their home opener um, when the season gets going. Hey, by the way, Zinger and uh, Sports Cage listeners out there, A.J. Allen just texted me, said it's his bad, so we'll get a hold of him at about 5.15 our time to talk uh, player po- rider player profile, so we'll make that up. Thanks to him for getting back to us. All right, but right now let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline in Nashville. Assistant coach of the Pats, Ken Schneider, joins us. Ken, thanks for taking time. I appreciate it. Hey, glad to uh, be able to accommodate you guys. Hey, what an exciting day for the Pats. What, what does it mean to you to be a part of this day for such a young, oh, great superstar hockey player? It's, it's just really, uh, it's kind of a fantasy, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the city's a buzz. Uh, I'm standing here in the arena at the ground level, and the people are just pouring in. Uh, we're seeing Chicago jerseys with the Bedard on their backs. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, and it's unbelievable. Just uh, spent some time with Connor in the last couple of days, and uh, he's uh, he and his family are just such down to earth, fun people, and uh, it's just been uh, it's been unbelievable. It's not like he has to do anything now, Ken. He's already done the work to be the first overall pick. But how is he approaching this? Does he seem laid back? Does he seem nervous? What does he seem like? Yeah, you know, that's, these are good questions. You know, I, he, he seems quite relaxed. Uh, last night we were at a reception at his agency and uh, mingling with people. And uh, Connor's just being Connor. You know, he's he's not, uh, and I don't think he looks nervous at all. We saw him on the red carpet here a, a bit ago, and he's signing autographs. And, uh, you know, I, I think he really is taking the moment in, and it's uh, it's uh, really, it's, it's I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's wonderful it's funny because you are you've been around the block in hockey you've seen everything at all levels man and you uh you sound uh and don't take this the wrong way you sound overwhelmed or jubilant or you know like a kid in the candy store it's amazing it's amazing that a 17 18 year old guy can 
can handle the pressure that he's handled for for probably as long as he can remember. And we're not talking about a guy that's like, you know, from the ages of 21 to 26. We're talking like from nine, the age of nine or 10 to right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I I do feel like a kid in a candy store. Um, You know, when you spend your lifetime in hockey and to have this opportunity, um, it's unbelievable. Uh, And Connor, like you said, has been doing this for a long time. There's always a lot of focus and attention on him. And at the same time, uh, although he's always accommodating, he, he is still shy, um, reserved, uh, isn't looking to be in the limelight. But, of course, you know, with media and so on, uh, there comes that responsibility. He takes it seriously and he just does a really great job. And, uh, we're really proud of him. We're proud that we can say he's a Regina Pat. Yeah, Ken. Um, I, I, he's probably the best player you've ever uh, coached in your time. But just, just we've talked about this before. But I think on a day that's special like this, just reiterate: what was it like? Did you have to catch yourself sometimes on the bench watching this guy up and down the ice, even though you've been around hockey a long time? Well, John and I, over the course of the last couple of years, that uh, and, and Brad have had some moments where we look at each other and. We for you know for just a split second you're not you're not a coach you're <laughs> you're a fan and uh, uh, yeah it's uh, you know there's, he's just dazzled us for two years um, I've, I've never been involved with a player of this caliber and this magnitude um, uh, and the person uh, just for him to be where he is in the spotlight that he's in uh, to sort of maintain his modesty and his humility is exceptional. I think it's kind of interesting too, Ken. The last time this happened to the Pats was 1980 when Doug Wickenheiser, the local guy, the Pat the royalty, went to the Montreal Canadiens, another revered hockey market, maybe the most revered hockey market, you know, original six team. Uh, how important is it that Connor Bedard, do you think, goes to an original six hockey team like the Chicago Blackhawks? Instead of like, you know, right. instead of, and no, dis, no disrespect to any, no disrespect to any, um, any markets. But honestly, I think it's, it's way better that he's in Chicago than, say, a Columbus or, or like a, a Sunbelt team. Well, I, I would agree in that, you know, he's going to an original six, and that's, you know, sort of, you know, these, programs, organizations have been around for a long, long time, and so they're deeply rooted, deeply connected to their communities, and uh, well, you can just see it here at the arena tonight, how, uh, you know, how they're embracing the Chicago people, they're really embracing what's to come here in the next half hour, and um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's fantastic, and Connor will do what Connor does, he's going to, you know, take it to, to new heights, and um, and I know he's looking forward to the challenge, and it will be a challenge. There's no question about that. But uh, if anyone's up to the task, it would be Connor. I'm going to ask you one last question, Ken, before I let you go. Okay? Sure. Um, I asked Bob. St- I will ask Bob Stoffer from the Oilers Radio Network uh, yesterday. He figures Bedard can score 35 goals in his first year. Farhan Lalsy thinks he'll be a goal scorer. I just had him on from TSN. How do you think his game translates right away year one of the NHL? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it would translate into that. Um, you know, I, I think it's anywhere from 25 to 35 goals. And, you know, at the end of the day, we could be way out to lunch on all of this. 
you know, they just picked up Taylor Hall and uh, Polino, some veteran players. Mm-hmm. And my guess is they're going to surround him with some veteran people that can play and he can get the puck too and they can get the puck to him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a stretch. And any time people have ever sort of doubted or questioned where Connor, what, what height he could get to, he's always broken the barrier. So uh, I just think that he'll just continue to do that. Ken, enjoy the evening, man. I hope it's a great night all the way around for you, for the Pats personnel, and of course we know it'll be a great night for Connor Bedard. Take care, my friend. Please. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Uh, take care, Pats fans, and we look forward to seeing you this fall. Yeah, absolutely, as uh, Ken Schneider still in the fold helping mold the next wave of Regina Pat superstars. When we come back, well, we've got the 4.30 News, our sports ticker. We'll hear our CFL report, and then Dante DiCario, voice of the Pats, will join us from Nashville. You're listening to the Sports Cage live from the South Albert Western Pete's on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Big night in the National Hockey League. Big night for Regina Pats fans. Connor Bedard expected to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. The draft gets underway at 5 o'clock Saskatchewan time. Expect the pick to be made at around 5.15, 5.20-ish Saskatchewan time. That's what I'm guessing. Major League Baseball tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays at home once again, taking on the San Francisco Giants after the Jays lost yesterday 3 to nothing. It's game two of that three-game series tonight, and uh, the Jays will wrap up the series tomorrow before starting a Canada Day long weekend series versus the Boston Red Sox. Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, ZD bang. Pull back west, right, zoom. Pull back left, pass half back at zero. Z quick swing left, on one. Right. The CFL Report's brought to you by Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Capel or online at Kevin's Marine. Com. We caught up with Noah Zur yesterday on the Sports Cage. He came out of the U.S. program drafted by the B.C. Lions but found out about the business side of football when he was cut by the Lions in training camp, but he's landed on his feet in Steeltown. Um, yeah, no, I think in the CFL you always know that it's a business first, for sure. Um, I think I appreciate everything the B.C. Lions did for me as far as drafting me and giving me a shot my first year. Um, hold no no hate to that organization. I guess I just wasn't a part of the plan this year. Uh, kind of took me by shock, uh, I'd say. Uh, I thought I had a pretty good camp, so I put uh, put some good tape on there. But but they made other decisions, and and that's that's how it goes. I think uh, you always know the CFL is a, a business first, so you uh, you take your lumps as they come, as they say. But uh, but yeah, I think. I was waiting for two weeks at home. Um, not exactly sure how it was going to go, but I had a pretty good feeling that uh, things were going to go my way and, and that uh, another team was going to come calling. And sure enough, within a couple weeks, Hamilton was knocking on my door. So I'm um, happy to have another opportunity to show, show what I can do and show how I've developed and show what I can give to this league. 
So Noah Zur, how 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 different will the Noah Zur in Hamilton be from the one that was in BC? Is there much difference? Uh, you know, what are you going to learn? A take which you maybe think you didn't do in BC to take that next step and stick around in Hamilton. Yeah, you know what? Um, if I'm being completely honest, I I felt that I was walking into that preseason in one of the best shapes of my life, and I feel like. I'm still in the best shape of my life. You know, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a lot different in Hamilton. I think you might see a bit of a more focused guy, maybe a little bit more physical, maybe a little bit angrier. Uh, but all in all, I think the formula I had in BC was working for me. I think it just came down to the front office and I having a, a difference of opinions, and, and that's going to happen. So I, uh, I don't expect to change too much because I still really like how I play and who I am. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna do me well here. Yeah, that was that's. I'm glad you brought up the word angry. I I wonder because I I I don't doubt your skills. You can't doubt your size. You fit the bill there. Do you do you think you need to be a little more angry to play professional football? Has that kind of been an eye opener for you? Um, yeah, I would say um, for me, my my uh, I would say my my anger, my tenacity was never too much in question, but I do think controlling that and focusing that mm-hmm. uh, in my time in BC might, may have been not where they wanted it to be. So I think, yeah, I might be a little bit angrier, but I think the biggest part of my game is that I just need to channel that in all the right directions. Mm. No, so, what, no, what's the mood like there? You're going to a team that is expected. There was a lot expected of it. Uh, the the star quarterback gets hurt, and you're off to an 0-3 start in a year where that team is ho- hosting the Grey Cup. How do you fit into it? What's the vibe like there? Um, yeah. Uh, hard to, I guess, uh, guess at my position with the team right now. I've only been with them for a week and a half, but I think from what the front office is telling me and what uh, what I'm hearing from my agents and stuff like that is that they're going to take take some time to develop me. Um, but crazy things happen, right? Um, we've had a bunch of injuries along the old line. I think personally, the Hamilton Tiger Tiger Cats is a great organization and a great football team. I think they've just been riddled with injuries to start the season. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, live from the Western Pizza South Albert. A draft day party here for the NHL and for Connor Bedard because he's going to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. 936 6262 is our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. And uh, you can always get a hold of us uh, by calling that number, 2936-6262, or you can uh, call us at one 866 All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's head out to Nashville and talk to Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Regina Pats. Dante, uh, give us, this, uh, from your perspective, the vibe here going into it's going to be a, a monumental night. Man, it's wild, Hillbosy. I'm down at the draft floor. Um, they're going to close that quite shortly to media, but I just thought I'd come down here and just kind of experience it. And uh, it's my first time at an NHL draft and just kind of be around and see, you know, all the NHL GMs and you know, a lot of NHL players and coaches and prospects. It's just been, uh, it's been insane. And uh, to think that uh, our Connor Bedard, of course, from the Regina Pats is here Amongst those names is quite crazy, to, to say the least. I mean, I was over at the hotel uh, just before he got on the bus for the red carpet show, and uh, 
you know, I said to him and I thought to myself, I talked to his parents and I was like, you know, it felt like yesterday I was meeting him at 16 years old, right? Yeah, no kidding, man. Things have uh, definitely, uh, it's hard to believe the kid's uh, like 17 turning 18 years of age. Just talk about how he's handled all this this week in the last little bit here. I don't know how he has to, quite honest with you, Michael. Like, watching him kind of handle all the attention and the fanfare and everything is just remarkable. You know, I I think a lot of people in our organization have joked that he's got the maturity of a 40-year-old man. Like, that's just, it's like he's been there, done that. And it's not like he's really had a lot of people to walk him through it. He's just a very smart and intelligent young man. And I'm really happy to see him in this situation and happy to see all of his hard work kind of pay off so far. Um, I I think there's no question that he will go number one to the Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, you know, I think Regina has a lot to be proud about. I mean, the last first overall pick from the Pats was 1980, and that was Doug Wickenheiser. Before that, 1973, I believe, and Greg Jolly. So the fact that uh, it hasn't happened in 40-plus years here in the Queen City is uh, something that I think Pats fans uh, should remember for a very long time. And if history will repeat itself, uh, fans in Regina will have to wait another 40 years to get a first overall pick. Yeah, well, I won't be around then probably when that happens, so I'm going to soak this one in for for sure. You, you will be, but I uh, certainly won't be. I don't know if you'll be in Regina, but you'll be around. Um, yeah, just give it – are you seeing a lot of Bedard Blackhawk jerseys and things like that? A lot of Blackhawk jerseys. I ran into a kid with a Regina Pats jersey that he actually got Connor to sign as he came off the bus at the red carpet. So uh, I could see that that individual was quite excited, and I went up to him and I said, I love your jersey, and – you know, he, he said how happy he was to get a Pat's jersey and order in the mail from the Pat's store in Regina and get it signed by Connor. So, you know, obviously he doesn't have time for everybody, but he tries to make time for everyone, and that's what kind of makes him such a special guy. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, there's been a lot of uh, Chicago jerseys. There's been a lot of Nashville jerseys, to be quite honest, a few more Nashville jerseys yeah. than Bedard jerseys, but uh, I guess that's just the location that we're in. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that. How's the city embracing the draft festivities? Oh, oh, unbelievable, Michael. Like, last night going down Broadway and big show, and you you walk into Tootsie's, the bar, and you go up to the roof, and you see, you know, everybody's up there. Paul Bissonette was there, Ryan Whitney, and all the Spin Chicklets guys, and you got, uh, you know, more NHL guys and more reporters. Sportsnet was doing a live hit, same with TSN. you know, Darren Dreger was up there talking about, uh, you know, free agency and stuff like that, and obviously the draft, and Craig Button and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it was really cool just to, you know, kind of be around, and uh, the fans are kind of going nuts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a party city, man. The music's, you know, bumping, and uh, I think the city is really exciting uh, to see this, right? Like, I think it was Roman Yossi yeah. who went up on stage yesterday and said that uh, there was an All-Star game in 2016, or I think it was 20, maybe 20, I forget. He said there was an all-star game, a Stanley Cup final, and now an NHL draft. So uh, it's safe to say that Nashville loves their hockey. Yeah, they're a hockey city. Dante, we'll keep you around for a couple more minutes, and then we know we got to go because the NHL draft is going to uh, start. Um, in, in terms of uh, Boria Vallis, where do we think Boria might go here? Interesting to say. I mean, he's talked to a few NHL teams, from what I understand. Um Probably a good chance he can go anywhere from the fifth to seventh round. I'd like to see him get drafted. He's got size. He's got skill. He's a good skater. Uh, he thinks the game the right way. Clearly, he can play with some top players because he was Connor Bedard's right winger for parts of two seasons with the Regina Pats. So uh, it really comes down to if an NHL team thinks he's ready. He did deal with quite a bit of injuries last year. He had a hand injury. He 
you know, finished the, the season with a broken foot and he's rehabbing or has rehabbed and is ready to come back fully healthy next year as a 19-year-old. So, I mean, hopefully he does get drafted. He had 20 goals and 48 points last year. And, uh, you know, it, it's really just you, you're kind of pulling strings out of a hat or straws out of a hat at that point. I mean, there's so many guys that go undrafted that maybe should have and guys that got drafted that shouldn't have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, man, well, one last question for you. How do you think uh, your uh, friend Connor Bedard's game is going to uh, translate to the NHL in year one? Like, what's a realistic expectation of, of yours for him in, in year one? You know, Michael, I don't really think that I have you know too much more to say on that question because I think everybody's kind of talking about how his game is NHL-ready as it is. And I think the big one is his shot and just the way he thinks the game and how he's got the ability to make plays in you know, in fast pace, like this is somebody that slows down the game. And, you know, what's the old saying? He goes where the puck's going to be, not going to be, not where the puck is. So uh, I don't know. I've run out of ways to describe him why he's ready for the NHL. He's going to be a 30 to 35 goal scorer next year and probably a 50 goal scorer perennially down the road. Enjoy the night, Dante. Appreciate it. Thanks to everybody in Regina. Hope everyone's watching back there. And uh, it's a really exciting time. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's filling up in here at the Western Pizza South Albert, getting set for our draft day party here with Spiro at Western Pizza. The Regina Pats chance for you to come down, win a Bedard jersey, tickets, and other great things in the draws they have here. They'll have a draw each night down here. They are here today and tomorrow for their NHL draft party. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage live from the South Albert Western Pizza. We're in the lounge here. Uh, it's the Pats daft, uh, draft day party. Of course, Connor Bedard about to go first overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's uh, do a little dive into that, actually. Let's look at the um, last time the Hawks were in this position was... I want to say 2007 when they had the um, right to select Patrick Kane, which they did. That turned out pretty well for them. They won three Stanley Cups with him and Toe and Jonathan Taves. Okay, so in 2013, Nathan McKinnon went first overall to the Colorado Avalanche. In 2014, the Florida Panthers took Aaron Ekblad. In 2015, Connor McDavid went first to the Edmonton Oilers. 2016, Austin Matthews to the Toronto Maple Leafs. 2017, the Devils took Nico Hishier. Uh, 2018, Rasmus Dahlin, the Buffalo Sabres. 2019, Jack Hughes to the New Jersey Devils. 2020, Alex Lafreniere went to the uh, New York Rangers. 21, it was Owen Power going to the Buffalo Sabres. And last year, Yurha Slavkovsky going to the Montreal Canadiens. And this year, it'll be Connor Bedard going to the Chicago Blackhawks. So there you go. Yeah, and they have it on the uh, Sportsnet feed here. Patrick Kane was the last uh, Chicago Blackhawk uh, first overall pick in 2007. Okay, so i got to address a couple of more things in the world of sports. Um in terms of the CFL, gets goes from bad to worse for Edmonton. Geno Lewis is out now. He will not play Friday when they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. He's out with a knee injury, of course. Uh, he hasn't had a great start to the year. He did have that 102-yard touchdown versus the Riders, but then, uh, of course, uh, hasn't been targeted that much in uh, the uh, follow-up games. In fact, the one he did catch down near the goal line, he's running in and got stripped at the one-yard line. 
and so maybe not just his knee, but his feelings are hurt a little bit. It's a, it's a pretty bad situation right now in Edmonton. Um, what else can we tell you about? Oh yeah, um, Sam Emelis has been fined for his crackback hit on the um, defensive back of the Calgary Stampeders, Jonathan Moxie. And uh, that was a penalty. Old school football, it would have been okay, but he's been fined. Now, this is the one, Zinger, you can weigh in on this too. This is the one that uh, intrigues my. Just it, 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 um, I'm, I'm very curious as to why this was done. So, Chris Edwards, it, it was, it was at Austin Mack, I think, the receiver of the Montreal Alouettes. The end of that game, uh, they both look like they're going to shake each other's hands, and then he pulls the old WWE and gives them a forearm shiver and sends them flying, right? So he, he goes flying, and Chris Edwards has been fined for that incident. Zinger, this is the third time this knucklehead Chris Edwards has done something stupid like this. This is the guy that got suspended because he got into that fine or that fight with the fan after the after that East yeah. final between Toronto and Hamilton, and there was another incident too with Chris Edwards. This is the third time. Is three times a repeat offender? Three mm. times is a repeat offender, isn't it, Zinger? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So why was uh, so why was Garrett Marino kicked out of the league, and this guy just gets a little slap on the wrist and a fine? If I'm the Rough Riders, I'm a little. I'm a little choked about this. In fact, I'd be choked. I am choked about this. Like that's ridiculous. I don't understand how this guy skates uh, for that. And you could say, and listen, same type of deal. They're they're hosting a Grey Cup. He's a key player on their defense. They're hosting a Grey Cup. Garrett Marino was a key player on the Riders' defense, and yes, he did hit the guy low. The guy had a knee injury. I get it. This dude actually punched out a fan, and then he comes back. He goes over to Hamilton, and dude shoves a player, yeah. uh, WWE style. Like, how is that just a fine? Give well, me a break. I think What kind of kangaroo court is Randy Ambrosi running here? Like, it's a joke. It's a pick and choose. It's pick and choose. I think the, the circumstance around the Marino one was, I think, a lot of him being out of the league now is the encounter he had with Masoli and what was said, what wasn't said. I think that carries a lot of weight of him basically being, you know. No, 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 no. That was that they wanted him out of the league. The worst part of it was this, because the, was it two weeks later uh, after, well, not two weeks later, but two games after he came back, it was the Labor Day Classic and the commissioner was standing on the sidelines and Kalaros who has concussion issues, gives a handoff or a fake handoff and rolls away from the handoff, and he rolls right into Garrett Marino. And if you remember, Marino throws up his hands. It wasn't like he ran over him. He threw up his hands like, you know, like, whoa, 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 I'm not touching him. And Kalaros went down like he was shot with a gun. So his his reputation preceded him. And then I'm pretty sure the Riders got some pressure to cut Garrett Marino. Nobody's told me that, but I can read between the very large lines. So my question, once again, is why is Chris Edwards allowed to only get fined? This isn't his first. This isn't his second. This is his third episode doing this. He should be suspended. Now, should he be kicked out of the league for that shove? It wasn't the same type of thing as Jeremiah Masoli. I get it. But to give him, what's the maximum fine in the CFL? 500 bucks? Five, like, is that what it yeah, is? I believe uh, five hundred or yeah, five thousand. 
No, I don't know. It might be. I, I don't think it's that high. I think it might be seven fifty. It's something ridiculous. It's not that. It's not that um, much of a deterrent. I'd have to look that up. But to give him a fine and not give, or maybe it's half a game check. I think is the is the is the fine. But to not give this guy a suspension is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it, there. There's no justification in it. There's absolutely no justification in it. I. I don't get it. Half, man. A, half Abs- a player's game check, by the way. Yeah, yeah, half a half a player's game check. So I don't know what what Edwards would be making, but it'd be a couple thousand dollars there. But that's that's absolutely ridiculous. He's staying with football news. Our buddy Arash Madani got an accolade today. Did you see that? Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? He's on the board of directors of uh, Football Canada now. Yeah, he's joining our buddy Jim Mullen. So he's been voted, and we can talk to him about that. It's great to have another good Canadian voice that loves the Canadian Football League. Um, doing that and sitting at the table and having a chance at crafting the future going forward. Hey, coming up on this show, we still got lots to talk about. Peter Lubardius will join us. A.J. Allen will join us. Uh, and we'll also take a trip down memory lane with Corey Sheets of the um, Saskatchewan Rough Rider past history as he had that great uh, rushing performance in the 2013 Grey Cup that helped the Rough Riders with probably the biggest night in their team's history. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Western Pizza in South Albert area, Western Pizza in Spiro's place, as we're getting set for the NHL draft, which will begin here just after 5 o'clock, and we'll see Connor Bedard on the stage as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Let's talk hockey with NHL broadcaster Peter Labardius. Nobody knows the game at all levels like Peter. From the Regina Pats broadcast booth to being a leading voice on Calgary Flames Radio, this is Peter's Puck. All right, welcome back here to the... uh South Albert Western Pizza. Michael Ball here um, with the Sports Cage live on location. Regina Pat's draft party. Our buddy Spiro hosting us down here. And right now we're watching on TV the most unlikable commissioner in professional sports, Gary Bettman. Uh, yeah, booze, right. Cannot stand that guy. But he's standing with a very good dude, uh, David Poyle, longtime outgoing general manager of the Nashville Predators. Of course, he's being replaced by another Regina Pat. Barry Trotz is going to be taken over as the general manager in Nashville. Kind of a Regina Pat's theme here tonight in Music City because uh, very soon, once Bettman quits arrogantly babbling, he can call up the Chicago Blackhawks and they can... uh, Bring forward the uh, first uh, pick in the draft, and that will be Connor Bedard, as we all await that here uh, in Regina, where he honed his craft in junior hockey from the age of 15, which <laughs> we'll never forget started in a bubble year. And then, um, of course, uh, took the Pats on a wild ride here in the playoffs here this past year. It was a wild one-round one ride, but uh, he basically carried them to a seventh game. And so Connor Bedard is going to uh, now head to the National Hockey League. And thanks to uh, my friend Gloria Evans from our morning show, um, and she had put up on the Facebook page something I was talking about. How many goals will he score in his first um, year? Jason says 28. 
Keith Taylor says 22. Lyle Hill says 35. Ryan McNally, who used to work with us at 620 CKRM, says 40-plus after a slow start. So that's what I think that's a little high. But uh, let's talk with Peter Lubardius, who's seen all levels of hockey. Nobody knows hockey like this guy. Thanks for joining me, Pete, on the Western Pizza Hotline. I'll start there. Uh, what do you think we can expect from Connor Bedard in his first year as a Chicago Blackhawk? I think he'll make an impact. I think even, you know, the addition this week of somebody like Taylor Hall to give him somebody to play with and potentially even a guy who really has returned to great form in Dominic Kubalik, they could make a uh, fine trio. I, I don't think 30's out of the question, Michael. I really don't. And the one thing I just will never do again, not that I think I really have with Connor, but I'd never want to limit him. Because every time you think you've seen the last of something special, he just brings you some more. So uh, the great thing about this young man from the people who know him far better than I do is as great a player as he is, people just rave about his work ethic, what kind of teammate he is. And, And I thought, you know, in many ways we really saw how important it was for him to be a Regina Pat in the spring. There's some guys who may have done what he had done already, and I wouldn't say checked out, but but it crushed him when his season came to an end. So that says a lot to me about just his character, and um, he's going to love Chicago. It's probably my favorite non-Canadian North American city. All right, so, uh, and I find it interesting, he played for the most storied junior hockey franchise uh, here in Canada in the Regina Pats, and much like the last guy who was picked first overall, Doug Wickenheiser, who went to the Habs, he's going to go to an original six team. How do you feel about, like, do you think that's that's appropriate and right for him to go to an, an original six team as opposed to maybe like a Columbus or a Sunbelt team? Well, I, I think it's going to be great for Chicago. They've been through a lot, obviously, um, you know, the team of the 2010s with three Stanley Cup titles and, you know, more recently uh, some terrible things in terms of things that went on in the organization and, um, you know, the exodus now of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Caves and, you know, all their great players. I used to call them the four horsemen with Seabrook and Duncan Keith. So um, it's a new time. It's an incredible city. For anybody who's never been there, it's it's a very special place. And I think, you know, he will help to lead a resurgence, and it's going to take some time. But, you know, they really turned things around after a lengthy dry spell, you know, back in the two years, uh, which seemed like 100 years ago now. But first it was Caves, and then it was Kane. And don't be surprised if... Uh, you know, Mr. Bedard, and then possibly joined by a high-end pick next year that maybe this is the new Chicago Blackhawks on the way to bigger and better things. Peter Lubardius, broadcasting Calgary Flames games, minor hockey games, junior hockey games. He's got his finger in the pulse of all things hockey. So please tell me, what what's going on in Calgary here? You could find a worse hockey city, a lot of worse hockey cities than Calgary in the NHL. It seems like a lot of people want out of there. 
You know, you're the third or fourth person this week to ask the question, and I'm I'm as dumbfounded at the turn as almost anybody. I just thought, Michael, at the end of the year when, you know, some big changes were made that, you know, potentially that might settle things down. But, you know, the truth of the matter is no matter how much you're around the team and you hear things and, you know, you certainly get affirmation and confirmation about certain things that weren't going very well, um, there's obviously been even more strife and disappointment. And, you know, the other part is for guys who are in the later stages of their career, you know, guys want to win. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it's going to be fascinating to me. Obviously, they made a deal with New Jersey, with, with Tyler Toffoli moving um, to the Devils and Yegor Sharangovich from Belarus coming over, and he's already signed and they get much younger. I like this player. Um, you know, I know there's a ton of criticism. They also added a third-round pick. So it, it it will not be a boring summer for the Calgary Flames in terms of how large will the exodus be? Is it being completely overplayed? And I'm just one of those people that I know you hear a lot. There's a lot out there. And, and obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. I just I just don't know quite yet, Michael, if it's, you know, to the length of people wanting out that it seems like is out there right now. Kyle uh, Davidson now up at the podium about to make the selection we've all been waiting for here. As he is just... Uh, Boy, there's a David lot of po- drama in the first pick. Oh, I can't even thing. imagine who that's going to be. Uh, honest to gosh, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, they're dragging this out. He's he's uh, recognizing David Poyle, who is one of the gentlemen in the NHL for sure, and uh, and some others. But yeah, about to announce that uh, Connor Bedard is going to join the Chicago Blackhawks. Here's my question for you: Where does the Blackhawks unis rank for you? I love those uniforms. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're they're absolutely gorgeous. I love both home and road. They're uh, certainly amongst my favorite. And and what I always think about and talk about with uniforms and i wouldn't say i'm a huge uniform guy michael like some people Mm -hmm. but i will say this simple can usually be the most effective you know it's tradition it hasn't changed a whole lot there's not a lot of italics i just it's gorgeous and i I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the original six you know um the Toronto Maple Leafs Blues, frankly, are one of my personal favorites. Not the team themselves, but um, <laughs> I love those. I love those jerseys, and, and simple to me sometimes is is the best. Speaking of blues, uh, Bedard just took off his uh, blue suit, got the white dress shirt on, and he is making his way the the nice triumphant walk towards the stage. Man, and what's got to be running through that kid's mind? Think about that. Just what you know. And he's just a kid to make that walk, knowing that you're uh, <laughs> you're the face of a franchise now. You know, isn't that the beautiful thing about this young man? Though he seems to take it as in stride as you can. He's handled every situation with class. Um, you know, he's done some amazing things. I don't think anything more amazing than 
his 24-point performance of the World Junior in Halifax. Um, you know, 71 goals this year in Regina. Seemed like he's going to get about six every night after he returned from the World Junior. So I, I like his poise. Um, only ever met his mom once at the airport after the World Junior. She's a she's a fine lady. You hear great things about his parents, the mom and dad. And he comes from good stock. And he reminds me a little of a guy by the name of Crosby at the same time, just in terms mm-hmm. of the makeup, the determination. Um, you hear nothing but great things about him as a teammate. You know, he's not going to blow you away with an incredible personality, but even that part I see getting better and growing. But it's not easy to be, yeah, and- you know. No, it isn't, and and we're talking about a 17-year-old kid, a lot of 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids, very shy. Hey, Lou, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. It's always uh, fun breaking bread with you and talking hockey. Okay, have a great one. Take care, man. That's Peter Lubardius joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, our player profile with Riders linebacker A.J. Allen. It's the sports cage from the Western Pizza on South Albert here on 620 CKRM. You've seen them on the field. Now we dig deep to bring you a closer look at a player you'll never find on the stat sheet. This is Profiles on the Sports Cage. Back here to... The Western Pizza, South Albert, Michael Ball here. Uh, I'm, I, I had my headset off because I'm trying to watch the Sportsnet coverage with Connor uh, Bedard as he was picked first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's time now to talk to A.J. Allen, linebacker of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders in our Profiles feature. A.J., thanks for taking time out of your bye week. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. Yeah, it's an honor to have you. So, three weeks in, two and one, what's the vibe? It's got to be, it, it sure felt, uh, I could tell it in the coach's voice, there's a difference between two and one or one and two headed to the bye week. Oh, there's a huge difference, man. The 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 weight lifted off your shoulders by going in there with a win is is is, uh, is uh, indescribable, uh, to say the yeah. least. Um, the vibe is excited. I, I like this team, man. We're focused. We're driven. We're motivated, um, and we have that goal in mind at all times. So uh, the, the vibe is great, and um, it, it feels real good to be 2-1. Why is the vibe different this year, do you think? Um, I, I don't know. I just It just seems like more people have bought in, and... Uh, um, is, it, is, it, is it because, AJ, there's not as much pressure, maybe, with the Grey Cup being here? It's possible, you know. It's possible. It's just, um, I don't know. It, it seems like everyone's playing, had a lot of fun, um, just leaning on our teammates. And, um, you know, again, in the results, like you just said, it seems to be working so far. So Yeah, um, it's, all, it's, it's always good when you win. People buy in when there's winning football, for sure. 100%. Yeah, when it actually works in the field. So talk to me. How is it different for you? Is the game slowed down for you? Getting some more snaps on defense? And, you know, we've had some injuries. You've had to step in and have done a pretty good job. For sure. Yeah, the game the game has definitely slowed down. Um, the coaches are trusting me a little bit more. Just 
uh, get me in there when uh, when they see fit. Um, and it's also great because my teammates trust me too. So, uh, you know, a combination of both those things, it definitely helps slow the game down and just, uh, you know, play football instead of thinking too much. You know what I'm saying? How are you health-wise? This team has really been nicked up, but how about number 32? How are you doing? Health-wise, I'm doing incredible, man. I had a great offseason with my trainer. Uh, his name's Alex Jaffs. Uh, he got me. He got me real good, man. He got me right. Uh, I I feel I survived training camp with with no injuries and going into week three. I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I feel uh, I feel ready for this grueling season. So, how did the off season training change for you? What What did you do differently? Um, it was just more dedicated to it. It was it was more, uh, you know, after the season, I I knew what to expect in terms of how how a, how a CFL football season looks like. Uh, like all of it, um, I knew how to prepare. I knew what it looked like. Um, yeah, you just you just had more information, right? So I was able to kind of create a training plan, a diet plan, and, and a conditioning plan uh, in order to work on what I needed to work on uh, my my uh, those those weak spots and things like that. So I was able to work on those and just um, again, you, you know, you go through it and you're like, okay, I made notes. I need to work on this. I need to work on this. I need to work on that. Um, and that's how I feel like I, I uh, me and him kind of built this 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 program and, and got it working. So uh, AJ Allen, um, what are you doing for the bye week? Uh, I'm chilling, man. I'm still in Regina. I am. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm chilling with my girlfriend and just uh, just resting, man. Just relaxing. Just trying not to uh, not to do too much. Because um, again, like I'm saying, it's, it's a long season, so. Um, yeah, just trying to relax and, and and enjoy the moments when you can, you know. Okay, so what do you do to relax? It's okay to it's you know it's one thing to say you're relaxing. So what do you go for walks? Do you go for movies? Do you cook dinner? This is called profiles. Take us underneath the helmet. What do you like to do? What do you like to do? Uh, I like to watch Netflix. I like to okay. um, go for walks, go for drives. Um, I love to watch movies. Uh, I need to go watch the new Transformers and the new uh, the new Flash. Those are, those are on the menu this week. Um, I like to get massages. I like to sometimes work out, but again, it's a bye week, so I'm trying to try to relax <laughs> with that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I do like to play basketball, but I can't do that either. <laughs> um, I like to play video games. Love to listen to music. Um, and so what's your video game? What's your video game? What's your video game of choice? My video game, of, I have two. Um, one of them is Call of Duty, um, and the other one is Madden. Uh, fun fact, I'm the best Madden player on the schedule in Rough Riders. Um, I make, <laughs> no one wants to play me anymore, and I make a substantial amount of money sometimes because some people love to bet. And it's Oh, who, 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 who's challenged you? Uh, uh, last year, last year, no one's challenged me this year because the word got around. Um, mm-hmm. But last year, uh, victims included um, Gary Gary Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. Two years ago, victims included Luchez Purifoy. Um, we take we yeah. I, I'm not the one. Do not mess with me. Uh, I'm nice on the sticks. Um, I am. I'm. I'm the best offensive coordinator in the game. And the best defensive coordinator of the game. Are uh, you the dude? Are you the? I think I had a conversation with you at training camp. Aren't you the guy that uses my chargers? I am the guy that uses your chargers. Correct. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, because you're like, yep. you're like a, aren't you like a Vikings fan, but you use the Chargers? I'm a Titans fan. I'm a Titans fan. Titans but, uh, fan. My, Titans fan, but my, you use the Chargers. Yeah, I love them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herbert's my, a great, Herbert's a great player in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's elite. He's elite for sure. Um, him, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Josh Palmer, again, being from Saga, so got to put him in the game. Um, Austin Eckler, oh, yeah. Will Mack is one of my favorites, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. Uh, they had J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel. Um, yeah, that team is spectacular. That, that roster is built perfectly. Uh, they just need to start winning. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they can't win in real football, but as long as you can make them win in the uh, video game world, that's awesome. Uh, what, what kind of music you like to listen to before you get out on the football field? Before the football field, it depends. Uh, personally, before a game, I'm not a guy that needs to get amped up. Um, I'm a guy that needs to calm down and just 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 relax and, and try to um, get out of my own head because I'm I'm a guy that I, I know the game and when I start to think too much. I start I start to play slow instead of play fast. So mm-hmm. um, depending on the, the the timing, like you know three 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 to two hours before a game, I listen to um, Afro beats or Jamaican music. And then around an hour, 45 minutes before, I'll start to rev back up and listen to some rap, some hip-hop, some, uh, uh, yeah, th- things of that nature. Just start to get in, a, uh, in, an, in an aggressive mode. <laughs> hey, AJ, uh, we'll wrap this up quickly here, but who's, who's your uh, roommate on the road? My roommate on the road has, uh, has switched, but it, it was Albert Awachi, and it is now mm-hmm. uh, rookie sensation Matt Dean. Okay, so you get you get say of the room, right? Like you get first dibs on the bed and everything. Oh, one hundred. Well, except when with Awashi is because no one's talking to that dude. He's you know second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so do you do you get the bed? Do you get the bed closest to the washroom or the one closest to the fan or how does that work? I I, I go closer to the window for a view. That that's usually what I go to. If there is no view, then I will go closer to the washroom. It's it's, it's strategic, you know what I'm saying? I try I try to play yeah. chess, not checkers. There you go. And are you in control of the TV, or is the other guy? 100%. Good luck getting the remote. Good luck. Good luck getting the remote. <laughs> so what are we yeah, watching? And what, 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 do we, what do we say we're on the road in Calgary, and, uh, you know, it's a down night. We're watching TV. What are we watching? Um, if there's not a game on, because we, we love to watch mm-hmm. football, if there's not a game on, um, we will watch either cartoons or CSI. Just cause. Okay. Why not? Okay. What, like well, of course, of course. So you're stuck in a hotel room and you can't leave, and the only thing you can watch is cartoons. What's the one cartoon you're watching? Oh, um, my personal choice will be Boondocks. Um, okay. That is, uh, some people know it, some people don't, but uh, it, is, it is very funny. Um, second, second best choice, I will pick SpongeBob because there's so many. There's just so yeah. many episodes. It makes you laugh all the time. They're all classics. Yeah, um, I like SpongeBob. Yeah, absolutely, that's a good one. Hey, and lastly, this is a good one. So uh, your girlfriend's with you. What's her name? Her name is Nicole. Okay, so Nicole, does Nicole let you uh, watch football on a bye week, or do you have to do other things? Like, will you watch the game on Friday, Saturday, and Monday? Uh, I I will watch the game, but in uh, in compromise, I have to do other things before that. Um, uh, how about I this one? How about this one? Pharmacy. How about this one? My girlfriend is not a. She likes going to Ryder games, but she knows nothing of sports. In fact, she calls jerseys costumes. Okay, so she oh, will. Wow. No, so check this out. But she likes your costumes, the Ryder's costumes. But check this out. <laughs> She'll let me watch whatever sports I want as long as I rub her feet while I do it. Is that the same type of deal? Is that the compromise kind of deal? 
Um, no, our, our, wow. Um, I hate fees. That's just never going to happen for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, I, I will die on that shit. But, um, no, my, my compromise is I have to do, um, it's, 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 uh, it's massages. That's, that's, oh, okay. that's my, uh, that's my compromise. That's your, you can watch your... it, but I gotta get a, I gotta get a back massage or something like that. That's my compromise. And it helps having a massage gun because I don't mean I don't have to do all the work all the time, but, um, that's uh, hilarious. That, that is my compromise. That's awesome, man. AJ, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Enjoy the rest of the bye week, and we'll talk to you back in the practice field, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure. Take care. That's AJ Allen, great linebacker from your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, former Guelph Griffin. He is wearing number 32 and doing real well for the Rough Riders, who are 2 and 1. We got our uh, news update, sports ticker, Regina Red Sox report, and we'll get to where are they now before it's all said and done, too, with Corey Sheets. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, back with your sports ticker here. It's 535 for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Well, it's officially official. Connor Bedard is uh, the first overall pick here in the 2023 NHL Draft. The Chicago Blackhawks have indeed selected Connor Bedard uh, first overall, and the Anaheim Ducks were on the clock with the second overall pick, and they took Leo Carlson from Sweden. So the Ducks uh, go across the seas and take a European second overall here in the NHL draft. The Toronto Blue Jays switching gears here. They are in action right now, taking on the San Francisco Giants, and the Blue Jays have a 5 to nothing lead here in the second inning, so they got their bats going early in Game 2 of that series. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox reports on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Time now for your Regina Red Sox report brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. You can go down to the Brew House tonight, check out their great menu, dollar off of tankards. They got some great new drinks down there. And you can watch the NHL draft or CFL football, which fires up Friday. Ottawa and Edmonton. Last night, the Red Sox split their double dip with the Medicine Hat Mavericks over there at Curry Field, winning four to two in game one, losing in game two, two to one. And last night's player of the uh, double dip was Daniel Crabtree, pitched all seven innings of game one with two strikeouts, two runs, and three walks to go along with five hits. So, uh, Congratulations to Daniel. Also want to remind you of the Big Apple raffle that the Red Sox put on. You can win a trip for four to New York City. The prize pack valued at $16,800. If you'd like to get a ticket, you can email Sharon Clark at sclark with an E at reginaredsox.ca or call 306-721-0666. a ticket. To uh, win a trip for four to New York City, the Big Apple Raffle. Great fundraiser for the Regina Red Sox. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage from the Western Pizza Lounge in um, Regina here, South Albert, uh, having the Pats draft day party. Connor Bedard going number one in the draft, as expected. Then there was a little wrench 
Playing over in Europe, Leo Carlson, second pick overall going to the Ducks. A lot of people thought Adam Fantilli out of Mex- uh, Michigan pardon me, would be number two, but he goes number three to Columbus, and the San Jose Sharks are about to make a selection. In fact, I think they have made a selection. I just can't. They don't have the name. Who is it? Will Smith? Will Smith and not the Fresh Prince. But uh, Will Smith has been selected. He's going to the San Jose Sharks. Okay, time now. We do it each Wednesday. Uh, We call it our uh, Where Are They Now segment, Where Are They Now Wednesday. And it's brought to you by our friends at Floor Coverings International. Need new flooring? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. Visit their website for your free consultation. This is a conversation Glenn Suter had with Saskatchewan Rough Riders running back Corey Sheets as we celebrate the 10th anniversary of that 2013 Grey Cup. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? Welcome to Where Are They Now, where this season we're going to celebrate the championship run the 2013 version of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who won their championship against Hamilton at home with that type of pressure. And we are honored now to have on the phone line with us from Tampa, Florida, the MVP of the Grey Cup game, one of the stars that have has played in the Canadian Football League, Corey Sheets, tail back in 2013 that threw up some massive numbers. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, how y'all doing? We're doing we're doing great. Let's let's start and thank you for joining us on this so we can go down memory lane here and look back at the 2013 run and let's let's first start with, you know, heading into that season and and how that team sort of became the championship team because that is a journey as you know that you know, it takes a lot of move. It's a lot of moving parts, and takes a lot of effort to get there. So, tell us how that team grew together. Um, honestly, it all started in camp, and I know that's cliche to say, but it all started in camp when you looked around and it was competition at every position, mm-hmm. and that made practices a lot more difficult just because you knew that every rep counted and every rep had to be at your best, or you was going to look bad on film. So it really just started in camp, and we all bonded over that. And we had a not a joke, but we was uh, talking in the locker rooms about how this was not the camp to be hurt at because if, if he was hurt, somebody was going to be right behind you taking the next spot, and you probably wouldn't get it back. So mm-hmm. that was in a lot of guys' minds, like you had to compete and be the best at all times. So, so you guys felt like in training camp, you guys felt like that year – you had the the talent and the team to take a run. You you felt it that early. Uh, yes, I, I know for myself, just looking around, still being new in the uh, in the CFL, just watching guys from that played on other teams. Like you knew the talent that was around you, and it was just like if we could all stay healthy and come together and play as one, the skies is the limit for that team. You put up some great numbers in high school, uh, like great numbers at Purdue, big big university, NFL. Tell me about your your experience in the Canadian Football League and and the talent that the Canadian Football League has. And maybe maybe is it is it fair to say that even sometimes Canadians can I guess overlook the talent that that is in Canada. 
And football is just not one of those sports where one guy can go out there and just control the game just because there's three different facets of, of the game with football, I mean, offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm. I don't forgot the question. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just wondering because you said there was so much talent in that locker room that I think sometimes we take for granted. Sometimes Canadians take for granted that uh, there is great talent in Canadian football. It's, it's really not necessarily second best. It's just different and uh, different rules and things like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's a different game, and some people that are, they might be great athletes in the NFL might come to the CFL and not prosper. It just all depends if the game translates to the CFL game. And fortunately for me, uh, my game translated very well. <laughs> yes, it yes it did. Yes, it did. Corey, how about the experience of sort of arriving in Saskatchewan in this football-crazy province and, and the experience of playing here? Um, when I first got there, like, you know, you're flying in and you look and you can see – the entire city out, out of your window, and it's not really that big. You kind of get depressed and like, oh man, what I got myself into. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it welcomed me, and I, and I look at it as my like one of my second homes. Yeah, and you're always welcome back. By the way, I'll just I'll just say that on behalf of all the people of Saskatchewan, anytime you want to come back, uh, you're you're, you're welcome. So take take me on that eleven and seven uh, regular season run. Uh, Corey Chamberlain's your head coach. First of all, tell me about him and what it was like to play for Corey. Um, it was it was fun playing for him. I never played for a coach that was a player's coach into the fact of where he would sit in the locker room with the guys. He would uh, he would be in the in the bench and he would be one of those coaches that played around with you. But when it was time to get serious, he let you know that he was serious and you knew that it was time for the games to stop and to get down to business. And it was it was fun playing for Coach Chamberlain. Yeah, I, I, he's one of my favorite coaches. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's 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 cool. Yeah. I you, let's. Yeah, I don't play. Yeah, I don't play for a few a few great coaches. Uh, Tony Sperano is Mike Singletary. <laughs> well, well, hang on now. We we gotta ask. I gotta ask one. I, I'm gonna deviate from the 13, 2013 season for just a second and ask you about playing for Mike Singletary. What was that like? <laughs> oh man, uh, we we in the NFL we had two days and sometimes three days playing with Coach Singletary, but uh, it was fun. Coming, coming straight out of college, it wasn't no difference from college, but the guys that was there, it was a, a shocker for them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I've often said, because I called the playoffs and, and the Great Cup in 13, and I've often said that I felt like for Darian Durant, it was maybe the best three-game streak uh, that a quarterback, his his quarterback rating was through the roof. Tell me about Darian Durant, your teammate, and being in the huddle with him and having that one-two punch with you carrying the ball and him throwing it. Um, Darian is one of those kind of quarterbacks that once he starts talking, he, he gets the fuel behind him, and, and you start to believe in whatever the hell he's telling you to do, no matter if he's telling you to run through a wall or try to get a, a first down on, on, third, on a third down. That's kind of outrageous. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's a he's a he's a great quarterback and a great guy, man. I love that guy to death. Yeah. So where does it rank? I mean, I just went through your resume a second ago with the you know great high school numbers. What like you had like three thousand yards or something, <laughs> and almost fifty touchdowns, and then Purdue and the NFL and all of that. Where does the 2013 when you look at that ring, that Great Cup ring, where does that rank in your football journey? Oh, that's number one. I mean, anytime you win a championship, you got to go up there with the top. And seeing as that's the highest level championship I've won, and then seeing that I was the MVP of that game, 
it's, it's, it's literally number one. One of my favorite seasons, one of my favorite games, one of my best teams I've ever played for. 20 carries, 197 yards, and two touchdowns in the Great Cup Championship game at home. Tell me about the pressure of playing that game with the home crowd and the pressure of trying to win it at home. Honestly, it wasn't it wasn't too much pressure that game. It, it kind of felt like once we got there, we knew we were going to win. It was just by how much and who was going to do the scoring. The uh, the real pressure came in the the Western Conference the final with uh, Calgary because that was that was the big if. if if we got by them, then we knew that everything else would be smooth sailing. So and then we lost early in the year to them. So it was the in our in our schedule that was the big game for us. You know when when you guys came out of the the tunnel in 2013 for the championship, I I looked at that team thinking I I don't care if it's a Tom Brady led Patriots team or the 49ers, Saskatchewan was not losing that Great Cup championship. You came out of the locker room looking like that. Did it feel like that? Is that what was being said in the room before you came out? Not so much in the in the locker room. It was more so you could tell it was a a calm focus in the in the locker room. It wasn't too much getting hype going on. Everybody was kind of like in their own zone, in their own world, and you could tell that everybody was there to bring their best game. And, and from my perspective, I don't think nobody had a bad game because I didn't I didn't even know about the the bring it out thing until like maybe fifteen twenty minutes before we went into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And they was like, sheesh, you down to do this? I was like, man, this our house. If y'all down, I'm down. We're going to do what we want in our house, and they're not going to tell us how we're going to come out. We've been doing it one way all year, so we're going to continue doing this this game. This is our stadium. We don't care if they take the S off the, the billboard. And none of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love it. One of the great players in the history of our game, Corey Sheets. Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for being part of the show. Again, always welcome back in Saskatchewan. Come come and watch a CFL game, and come up to the booth and hang out with the TSN crew. I'm actually I actually need to get in touch with uh, the team. I was actually just talking to uh, Tyron Brackenridge about this uh, yesterday. Matter of fact, but uh, we need to get up there and get to a couple of games. So. If, if J.O., if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Corey. Thank you be part of it. We really appreciate no it. No problem. Yeah, thank you. This Day in Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, June 28th, 2013. Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole's final Sports Center broadcast on TSN. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Western Pizza South Albert for the Pats Draft Day Party. Connor Bedard went first overall in the NHL Draft. Leo Carlson surprisingly went number two to Anaheim. Then Adam Fantilli, who's expected to be number two, goes number three to Columbus. Then William Smith center out of the USA under 18 program. He is um, number four to San Jose. Came up to the Fresh Prince theme song. That's kind of cool. And then you'll see this all over Twitter. Round number one, fifth pick, David Reinbacher, Austrian defenseman. 
Uh, Carrie Price goes up to make the uh, announcement for the Habs, says David, and then forgets the kid's last name and how to get helped out. So you'll see that all over Twitter. Feel bad for Carrie Price, actually. He's had some struggles off the ice. That had nothing to do with it, but he just drew a total blank and couldn't remember the last name, Reinbacher. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this show. Thanks to Spiro for having us down here for the draft party. Earlier in the program, we caught up with Ken Schneider, who is a Pat's assistant coach and helped... Uh, craft what we're going to see in Chicago for a decade or so. That'd be Connor Bedard. As uh, We caught up with Ken right before Bedard was taken first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks in this draft. We will talk to you tomorrow. Head out on the Western Pizza Hotline in Nashville. Assistant coach of the Pats, Ken Schneider, joins us. Ken, thanks for taking time. I appreciate it. Hey, glad to uh, be able to accommodate you guys. Hey, what an exciting day for the Pats. What, what does it mean to you to be a part of this day for such a young, great superstar hockey player? It's, it's just really, uh, it's kind of a fantasy, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the city's a buzz. Uh, I'm standing here in the arena at the ground level, and the people are just pouring in. Uh, we're seeing Chicago jerseys with the Bedard on their back. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, and it's unbelievable. Just uh, spent some time with Connor in the last couple of days, and uh, he's uh, he and his family are just such down to earth, fun people, and uh, it's just been uh, it's been unbelievable. It's not like he has to do anything now, Ken. He's already done the work to be the first overall pick. But how is he approaching this? Does he seem laid back? Does he seem nervous? What does he seem like? Yeah, you know, that's, these are good questions. You know, I, he, he seems quite relaxed. Uh, last night we were at a reception at his agency and uh, mingling with people. And uh, Connor's just being Connor. You know, he's he's not, uh, and I don't think he looks nervous at all. We saw him on the red carpet here a, a bit ago, and he's signing autographs. And, uh, you know, I, I think he really is taking the moment in, and it's uh it's uh, really, it's, it's, I don't know how else to describe it. It's wonderful. It's funny because you are, you've been around the block in hockey. You've seen everything at all levels, man. And you, uh, you sound, uh, and don't take this the wrong way, you sound overwhelmed or jubilant or, you know, like a kid in a candy store. It's amazing. It's amazing that a 17, 18 year old guy can, can handle the pressure that he's handled for, for probably as long as he can remember. And we're not talking about a guy that's like, you know, from the ages of 21 to 26. We're talking like from nine, the age of nine or 10 to right now. Yeah, absolutely, I, and you're right. I I do feel like a kid in the candy store. Um, you know, when you spend your lifetime in hockey and to have this opportunity, um, it's unbelievable. Uh, and Connor, like you said, has been doing this for a long time. Uh, there's always a lot of focus and attention on him. And at the same time, uh, although he's always accommodating, he, he is still shy, um, reserved, uh, isn't looking to be in the limelight, but of course, you know, with media and so on, uh, there comes that responsibility. He takes it seriously and he just does a really great job. And, uh, we're really proud of him. We're proud that we can say he's a Regina Pat. Yeah. Ken, um, I, I, he's probably the best player you've ever uh, coached in your time, but just, just. We've talked about this before, but I think on a day that's special like this, just reiterate, what was it like? Did you have to catch yourself sometimes on the bench watching this guy up and down the ice, even though you've been around hockey a long time? 
Well, John and I, over the course of the last couple of years, that uh, and, and Brad have had some moments where we look at each other and we forget, you know, for just a split second, you're not, you're not a coach, you're, <laughs> you're a fan, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's just dazzled us for two years. Um, I've, I've never been involved with a player of, of, of this caliber and this magnitude, um, uh, and the person uh, just. For him to be where he is in the spotlight that he's in, uh, to sort of maintain his modesty and his humility is exceptional. I think it's kind of interesting too, Ken. The last time this happened to the Pats was 1980 when Doug Wickenheiser, the local guy, the Pat the royalty, went to the Montreal Canadiens, another revered hockey market, maybe the most revered hockey market, you know, original six team. Uh, how important is it that Connor Bedard, do you think, goes to an original six hockey team like the Chicago Blackhawks? Instead of like, you know, right. instead of, and no, dis, no disrespect to any, no disrespect to any, um, any markets, but honestly, I think it's it's way better that he's in Chicago than say a Columbus or or like a, a Sun Belt team. Well, I, I would agree in that you know he's going to an original six, and that's you know sort of you know these programs, organizations have been around for a long, long time, and so they're deeply rooted, deeply connected to their communities, and uh, well, you can just see it here at the arena tonight how. Uh, you know how they're embracing the Chicago people. They're really embracing what's to come here in the next half hour. And, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's fantastic. And Connor will do what Connor does. He's going to you know take it to the new heights. And um, and I know he's looking forward to the challenge. And it will be a challenge. There's no question about that. But uh, if anyone's up to the task, it would be Connor. I'm going to ask you one last question, Ken, before I let you go. Okay, sure. Uh, I asked Bob. St- I will ask Bob Stoffer from the Oilers Radio Network uh, yesterday. He figures Bedard can score 35 goals in his first year. Farhan Lalji thinks he'll be a goal scorer. I just had him on from TSN. How do you think his game translates right away, year one of the NHL? Yeah, you know, I I, I think it would translate into that. Um, you know, I, I think it's anywhere from. 25 to 35 goals and you know at the end of the day we could be way out to lunch on all of this you know they just picked up Taylor Hall and uh, Polino some veteran players mm-hmm. and my guess is they're going to surround with some veteran people that can play and he can get the puck to and they can get the puck to him so um, yeah I, I don't think it's a stretch and any time people have ever sort of doubted or questioned where Connor what, what height he could get to He's always broken the barrier, so I just think that he'll just continue to do that. Ken, enjoy the evening, man. I hope it's a great night all the way around for you, for the Pats personnel, and of course we know it'll be a great night for Connor Bedard. Take care, my friend. Please. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Uh, Take care, Pats fans, and we look forward to seeing you this fall. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.